we have another guest with us today. Uh, it's Emily Mazur. I said your last name right, right? Yes, you are <laughs> <Okay>. correct. <laughs> yeah, she is uh, a filmmaker who's living in LA, Miss Fancy Pants. Uh, and all three of us actually were in the Heroes fandom on LiveJournal at the exact same time. Yeah. <laughs> so we've all been, like, in the trenches together. It like. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> Those are some uh, wild times. Um, I was so obsessed with that show. That was, like, my life for a year. And then the second season came out and it was all downhill from there. It was. I mean, I feel like the second season gets a bit more of a bad rep than it should there was some good parts in the second season, mainly Adam Monroe, who was my muse. Oh, but <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I, I think I um I don't think I actually watched Heroes until like season two had ended and I just like shotgunned all of it <laughs> and like felt like my brain was exploding. <laughs> um and so I was like, This is all great. I don't I don't know what anyone's talking about. This is a wonderful show all the way across, but yeah. yeah, then season three took a sharp nose time. Yeah. yeah. I never finished the show. I think I... I didn't either. Me neither. Yeah. I stopped watching... I actually did not stop watching when Adam was killed. I stopped watching when... Uh, I Was it Elle that was killed, I think? Or something? Oh, uh, oh Kristen yeah. Bell's character? Yeah, yeah, or something like... No, 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 no. Wait. I don't remember, but it was, like, around that time, I think, as well. I was, like, you know what? I was, like, my first year in film school, and I was, like, well, this is a letdown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I stopped, um, I watched part of season four, and then I was, like, I can't with this anymore. Okay, I'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye. I, I tried to rewatch it on Netflix, mm-hmm. and I think I got to the first couple episodes of season three, but I wanted to make it to season four because... I think, like, Styler and Claire made out at some point for some reason. Oh, yeah, I think they do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I was so like, bad. what? <laughs> Listen, I mean, I can't... T- I, I'm being a bit of a hypocrite because I did write a couple Styler Claire fanfics, but mm-hmm. it was because friends of mine asked me to. Mm-hmm. And the entire time I was writing them, I was so uncomfortable. So. <laughs> I was like, this well, is wrong, <laughs> not in a fun way. Any oh pairing God. with her was technically wrong because she was underage, but like, yeah, I make myself true. feel better about it because I was like, I was 13 or 14. Yeah, wait, the fact <laughs> well, that I was her age kind yeah. of like, you know, it well, was like, what better. about like all the like Peter and her stuff? And then yeah. like, <laughs> I was so into oh, that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. I remember but my looking heart back being now. so broken when it was revealed they were related. I, I was know. like, son of a bitch. <laughs> and then there was like, people kept writing it, but it was just incestuous. And it was yeah. like, oh. <laughs> it's like, looking well, back I... now. Ugh. Right, so, uh, <laughs> I, I think that is a great lead in to talk about the social network because <laughs> of the fact that he is on Live Journal in one of the very first scenes. Yeah. Nice. Which is a great blast of the past. Uh, so this is Why Haven't You Watched That? I'm Jackie. I'm Lita. I'm Emily. And I've already said this is why. <laughs> <laughs> Emily, you wrote three papers about I, the social network. I did. I um, I took one of them to the National Conference for Undergraduate Research as well. 
Wow. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I really love the social network. <laughs> um, I wrote one was just kind of like two of them were kind of bullshitty, like small for like whatever classes. And then one I wrote for an adaptations class, which was the one that I took. Um, so I've, I've also read the book like two or three times as well. I actually have not read the book. It's a weird read. Um, <laughs> In what ways? It's like, so it's it's comprised of a bunch of, like, interviews that he did um, with the Winklevoss twins and with Eduardo Saverin and then a couple other random people. So, like, the parts where any of those people were present are written like a novel, just, like, kind of written like a narrative piece of story. But then there's lots of chunks where Mark is, like, he's by himself, he's doing stuff by himself or with people who weren't uh, interviewed or didn't want to be interviewed. And so those had to be written like we can imagine that he would do this and like all the like it's the wording is weird it's completely like very strange and you're just like what am I reading right now this is so bizarre um yeah that's that's interesting yeah it's funny Uh, I didn't even know that there was a book until I was reading trivia for this so welcome to it I mean it wasn't like super popular I don't think but popular enough that Aaron Sorkin read it I guess yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, Lita, so you hadn't, obviously you had not seen this movie. What were, like, um, your impressions of it before you had seen it? Like, I had seen a lot of GIFs on Tumblr, especially <laughs> that part at the beginning with Rooney Mara, which literally did not know that it was her until I was watching today, and was like, this looks a lot like Rooney Mara. And then I was like, oh, because it is. That's amazing. Um, That'll do it. I feel like... Jesse Eisenberg is Mark Zuckerberg. Like, yeah, yeah. they seem like th- they seem like they'd be so close in personality. So I feel like I've always made that connection. Like, I see his face instead of Mark Zuckerberg's face. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, like that uh, SNL bit. Ackberg. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> and then Andy Samberg is also dressed as Mark Zuckerberg. Oh mm-hmm. man, uh, yeah, that was so great. Um. So, I feel like, since we're talking about the first scene, I feel like I need to bring up the fact that how expertly crafted the dialogue is and how much it sold me on this movie as soon as I saw it in theaters. Because when I went to go see this, I was extremely skeptical. When it first came out, I was like, how good could this really be? I mean, I know Aaron Sorkin wrote it, but it's fucking Facebook, you know? And then I watched that first scene, I'm like, oh. Oh, this is gonna be great. <laughs> yeah. I um I saw it with my mom actually and I had no I I think I was just like really I don't remember which act I was in it for an actor and I don't know if it was Jesse Eisenberg I don't know if Andrew Garfield like it was one of them though and I was like I just want to see it it's gonna be fucking weird uh, <laughs> and then like it just like hits you immediately and it's fast and it's talking over each other and it's so well crafted and you know exactly who he is as a character from yeah. like the first like three lines it it really is just like excellent character work through dialogue and the sound mixing in this movie as well in the crowd scenes mm-hmm. oh yeah um when they're at the club oh, and they're like yeah. shouting over the music but you can still hear the music and you can still hear them but it's such a like if you've ever been to a rave or up the bar or something and you're trying to talk to people, that was perfect. Yeah. yeah. It, it really felt feels like you're there with them. And it, like, did this movie win for sound mixing? 
I'm pretty sure it was um, at least nominated. Real good question. <laughs> it Let's won for the, the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah the, the soundtrack won. It won for adapted screenplay. And then oh, other things, I'm sure. Hang on. I will look and find out. Yeah, the, the soundtrack, though. That oh. soundtrack, though. <laughs> <laughs> I was really surprised that, to see Trent Reznor's name because yeah. I didn't know that I didn't know that he did stuff like this. Also, when I was looking him up, his kids' names are fucking insane. He named his kids, like, Baltazar and Lazarus. Oh, my God. (laughs) That feels Um, so appropriate, though. Yeah. So, it it was nominated for sound mixing. It won, like, film editing, but it was nominated for sound mixing, but that year was also the year Inception came out, and that's Uh, the thing that won. Oh, yeah. That was a big year for Tumblr. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> and a lot of, like, anger about the King's Speech, which is oh, fair, because yes. the King's Speech I've... is not good, so. <laughs> like, like, who rewatches the King's Speech? Nobody. It's mediocre at best. Like, it is. Oh, man. I have like, not seen the King's Speech, and I never made it through Inception, because we tried to watch it on New Year's Eve at midnight, so. <laughs> it's it's Maybe... worth the watch. I, I, I really is. like Inception, so. Yeah, Inception, like... Well, well mm. <laughs> I have mixed feelings on Inception is really yeah. the short version. <laughs> Maybe we'll cover that at a later date. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll do Inception some other time. It'd be like the big the big films that were big on Tumblr in like 2001, 2002. <laughs> no, way, no, way sooner than that. I mean, way oh, wait, no, 2011. Why am I saying 2001? Yeah. I was 11 <laughs> in 2001. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Because this movie took place in 2003, right? Yeah, I guess yeah. that's what I'm thinking of, because I'm, like, thinking it takes place in the early 2000s. Yeah. Uh, because uh, the thing about this, like, this came out in 2010, and, like, so many things, like, I know Aaron Sorkin, when he wrote this, he was, he didn't really care so much about the company, and he just, like, really just wanted to, like, tell the specific story, because mm-hmm. it's, like, very, like, Shakespearean and, like, like power betrayal friends and all that stuff and it wasn't really about facebook itself but like now in 2018 after the 2016 election a lot of the stuff that they talk about in this movie just seems so quaint i guess (laughs) it's really because you think about time it was a simpler time for sure because you think about how how much of an influence facebook was on the election and how it's where so many people get their news just mm-hmm. exclusively from Facebook and like how Zuckerberg seems like he might possibly run for political office at some oh point. Oh my god. Uh, his, his tours through the farms of America or whatever the fuck it was he was doing. And like it just it's it does like you said, a much simpler time, it feels like. I yeah. I still think it's so funny like it started out as a hot or not scenario and now it's like what your old racist aunt uses to rant about politics yeah like no kids use it anymore like it's not cool anymore it's our parents generation that's the main user group now and it used to be such an exclusive cool thing and yeah it's like how the mighty have fallen (laughs) yeah Yeah. i remember um i i had like a an anger about facebook for a long time when i was very young because i think i still i think i had tried to sign up for a facebook account before they had gone like outside of the college realm yeah and like they like I think I had one for a hot second and then they were like no you don't have a thing and like kicked me off Facebook and I was like 10 and I was like 
Fuck this website. This website can go straight to hell. Just held uh, a grudge for a decade. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, continually because, uh, you know, the election and all that bullshit. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah. It's I like got... when uh, when LiveJournal was still invite only. Oh, oh yeah. That, wa- that was when I fucking signed up for LiveJournal. And it was a thing where the person inviting you had to select your username for you from a Ooh. list. What? And that's how oh, no. I wound up with my weird ass fucking username. No. She makes you. no sense. I always she... thought that it was a reference to something, and then no, I like, no, it's fucking nonsense. Oh my no, god, that's it so doesn't funny. mean anything. <laughs> oh my god, I think that's um, like I came to Live Journal and Facebook. I think right after they weren't exclusive anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe should we all talk about like. Do we remember when we first started Facebook? Yeah, it's relevant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I know I joined Facebook back when it had expanded to high schools, mm-hmm. is when I joined it. and But it was still, like, closed off to, like, you know, the normies. And <laughs> <laughs> it was, like, senior year, I think. And I was, like, because nobody, like, as... MySpace was on its way out at the time, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um, so other than LiveJournal, that was like the only other like major social media site I was a part of, uh, and I never really went on it that much. And then actually, you know what? The other day I was looking through you because you can look and see your Facebook activity from like years and years and years ago, and I was yeah, looking at stuff from two. Yeah, I was looking at stuff from <laughs> two thousand eight, and I was like, oh no, oh stop flirting with that guy on Facebook. <laughs> this is so terrible. Oh, like, <laughs> if you go back far enough, that you like hit the point where like the statuses were the like Emily is feeling. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, no, these are so stupid. But they led you into it, though. I mean, it's, it's... yeah, like it's how it was like set up at the mm-hmm. time. I joined, I think, in ninth grade. Um, everyone at my school was still on MySpace, and, <laughs> like, we were still, like, clinging to that. Um, we actually had a girl in my drama class slash club that came from Massachusetts, and she was like, oh, me and all my friends have Facebook. You guys have to get Facebook, too, because, like, I don't have a MySpace, and we should talk on Facebook. <laughs> and so we started all getting Facebook, and really didn't use it it was when like pieces of flair were a thing still (laughs) (laughs) but then like slowly as myspace died i started using it more that's like one of the main reasons that i like had a boyfriend at all in high school but then in college like sophomore year i went back and deleted everything on my facebook from before college because Mm. I was like, I don't need this shit on here. <laughs> yeah, this is a pattern with you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I do that a lot. My live journal is gone. I I just don't like looking at the past because, like, there's a lot of shit that I don't want to, to deal with anymore. And I don't have Facebook anymore now. I've had – I deleted it after college, after I graduated because hmm. it gives me really a lot of anxiety. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's very fair. I, um, I weirdly use Facebook more now than I ever have in my entire life. I used to never go on Facebook, but now that, like, a bunch of the new friends I've made interact primarily on Facebook, I'm on it, like, a lot more. And also just, like, to build professional connections, too, because you can't... It's not as easy to do that on um, other social media sites, I've found. Yeah, yeah and I true. feel like your 
your area, your industry is not really like a LinkedIn type no, deal. It's not because <laughs> nobody com- likes comedy. It. Isn't really comedy. Isn't really a LinkedIn kind of thing. Yeah. So. <laughs> and nobody likes LinkedIn that does use it anyways. So no, even even people who like use LinkedIn to act like for what it's actually for or like the site is broken though yeah it's <laughs> it doesn't so make bad. sense it's so, oh my god it's insane it's a really horrible website yeah um it also I, gives me anxiety <laughs> oh, me too um i think i i think i finally joined facebook for realsies um probably <laughs> yeah like ninth grade or tenth grade um I don't remember, I, I don't really remember my life before it too much, <laughs> other than live journal. I don't remember life before Facebook. Life before Facebook. Because um, I, don't, I don't really remember the transitional period between, like, being like, all right, I'm done with MySpace, mm-hmm. and, like, hello, Facebook. But I think that transitional period was middle school to high school. Um, yeah. Just because middle school feel, like, when I think of MySpace, I think of middle school and I think of living in Seattle, because, like, those were all the people who I, like, like was friends with on MySpace. And then I am not friends with them on Facebook because I don't care about them. And we aren't <laughs> in middle school anymore. <laughs> They're all trash. Oh, no. <laughs> so it's fine. Well, uh, hopefully I won't run into any of them on the street because I just moved here. So <laughs> Welcome to Seattle. Uh, I love Seattle. It's great. Um, I think a lot of those people have moved away because a lot of those people were from Seattle. And it's, like, one of those places that people leave if they are from there yeah I feel like I feel like most people do that people from where I'm from don't do that like everybody just kind of stays for the most part but yeah a lot of people in North Carolina just kind of stay there and I'm like or Montana also a place that I've lived and I'm like those people just stay there and I'm like oh okay I'm gonna go now see you later I don't like staying in one place I've did it for too long and I'm done with that (laughs) yeah Something weird, because I'm, I'm in New Jersey, and I feel like, one, everyone stays in my general area, because one, it's like, we're right near New York City, so it's a little bit mm-hmm. different, but also, like, a lot of people seem to come here, specifically to New Jersey, and, so weird. and they weird. love it. <laughs> like, I've met several people who came from, like, other places, and they're like, New Jersey's the best, and I'm like, oh my gosh. It? Okay, if you say so. You know what it is? It's just a bunch of people that really don't like pumping their own gas, so they're like, "Fuck, we gotta move to New Jersey." They don't it's like the West Coast. It's a big selling point. Yeah, it's a big selling point. I absolutely hate that. We stopped in Oregon for gas when we were driving up here, and we both had forgotten once again that that's a thing. And there's just like a person that shows up at your window, and you're like, "Ah, fuck! What do you want?" Oh. <laughs> uh. So back to the movie. Um, <laughs> so what's something I want to talk about, Lita, you like texted me about this, is the film's problem with the women characters and what problems mm-hmm. there are exactly. Because I feel like this movie does sort of try to, I think it, what it's trying to do is trying to portray the misogyny of nerds, but it's kind of unclear whether it's critiquing this misogyny or simply just presenting it to us like here here it is well that's an aaron sorkin problem it is an aaron sorkin problem (laughs) uh he does that a lot that is a very common theme in a lot of his work i think that it's this a very male thing of like well i'm aware of it and i want to present it but i also don't want to do anything to like improve on it or try to influence others opinions on it Mm -hmm. so i'm just gonna like leave this here yeah it's a kind of laziness i think is because like you're not trying to like engage with the problem itself enough 
And it, it sucks because I feel like Aaron Sorkin, he is extremely capable of writing excellent female characters. And you get, like, a hint of that with uh, Erica Albright in this movie. Because yeah. she does feel three-dimensional, even though we don't spend too much time with her. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just... Like, because I, I know there were, like, actual women involved in, like, the inception of Facebook. I'm pretty sure, at least. Mm. I, like, there was, like, kinda. a couple. Kinda. Yeah, there's, like, a few. Um, it's also, like, weird because... And, and when I wrote my adaptations paper, like, this was... Like, the thing that I was talking about in it is, like, how David Fincher and Aaron Sorkin kind of created the Mark Zuckerberg. And, like, this is how we know Mark Zuckerberg is because of the movie. When, like, mm-hmm. in the book, there are certain things that are very different about him, um, including, like, the woman who he married and had, like, that kid with is the girl he's been dating since he was 18. Um, oh, wow. And, like, they, I don't think they ever broke up. Like, they've always been dating. Like, everything, like, Erica Albright is a complete, like, fabrication yeah. of a person. Which I just think is, like, interesting and that, like... I don't know. It kind of... Sorry. Sorry, (laughs) no. (laughs) I was just gonna say, like, it it weirdly softens him in a way that, like, to, like, have this catalyst of something when, like, in the book, as in in real life, he just kind of was like, I'm just gonna do this shitty thing. Like... (laughs) Yeah, it it does make him... It does make him a little more sympathetic, but, like, something I've also noticed with, like, like, uh, did either of you, did either of you watch Studio 16? <laughs> I didn't, actually, no. You didn't? Alright, no. so it was also a big thing in that one where, uh, Matthew Perry's character, like, the main reason he was able to become so successful is because he was trying to impress, uh, one of the comedians on the show Studio 60 that he was a writer for, <laughs> and it, it feels like a running theme at this point, I feel like. Yeah. yeah. Like, becoming successful because you're well, trying to, like, impress... Well, um, in Newsweek, he's kind of doing the same thing, where, like, um, his ex comes back into his life, and he's like, I have to, like, make myself better for, <laughs> sort of, like... Yeah. Yeah, it's very, it's a very, yeah, it's very Aaron Sorkin. Strange. Yeah. Like, like, we wind up discussing in almost every single one of these we fucking do. It really winds up revealing the psychology of... <laughs> Of the writers and directors and stuff, because, again, like, you wind up injecting yourself into your art no matter what you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was gonna say, I feel, I felt less sympathetic toward Mark. Because of the Erica like, thing? Yeah, like, I don't, hearing that he's been dating the same person in real life since he's 18 makes me more sympathetic to him than, rather than, like, oh, this girl said, hey, you're a dick. Because you are. <laughs> what an iconic and then he's just like, moment. Yeah. yeah, that that moment is just like chef kissing fingers. Yes. Right. <laughs> well, it's so interesting because like so when uh, when Ben Mesrich, who's the guy who wrote the book, um, uh, which is the Accidental Billionaires, um, he like when he created that scene that is the sequence of like mark on live journal creating like getting all the facebooks and like to make face mash and like doing all the like coding and like all the live journal stuff um he pulled it so like that wasn't from interviews he just like pulled the transcripts from the like court records Hmm, um and so like there's stuff where like 
You know how in the scene he, like, has the voiceover where he's like, oh, so-and-so came in and said, like, oh, we should compare the women to animals. Um, uh, I don't know about that, but, like, let's, like, but the comparing thing is interesting. Um, Actually, like, that's a thing that he said. Like, he was, like, he was basically, like, you know, all these, like, some of these women are so hideous, they look like animals, we should just compare them to animals. Like, Mm -hmm. like, that kind of stuff where, like, I don't know, like, it's, like, some, some of the adaptation stuff, like, weirdly softens him, but he's also so, like, angry and weird and, like, borderline whatever that, like, it's also kind of unsympathetic, like, in other parts where it's also kind of unsympathetic as well. Um, he, he also, like, is the person who shit like he shut down the website the website didn't crash mm-hmm. which i think is also an interesting like change that like he saw that it was like going insane and was like fuck this is not good and just was like uh okay and just like yeah. shut it down it's definitely yeah. way less badass than what they say in the movie which yeah. is it crashed on its own yeah so, yeah yeah definitely understandable choice because there. crashing harvard's network would i mean definitely take a lot and it probably isn't it probably wasn't possible then it just makes for a good storytelling device basically it's very like I think a lot of the choices were very much made out of like yeah but this is what makes a better or more interesting story yeah I always think it's funny too um in that scene where he's like oh, that you just do a wget for this and you do this and you do that and I have to get it in my sql server and that's all kind of stuff that I work with. That's like part of my job. Mm-hmm. So it's always funny when they try to make um, they try to make computer stuff seem so crazy and like <laughs> oh they're speaking a different language. It's like <laughs> if you've taken like like I am still a beginner at it honestly, like beginner intermediate, and most of that made sense. It's not like a it's not really that foreign. It's not like oh my god, he's a genius. I can't believe what he's saying. <laughs> you know. Yeah, but a lot of people don't know that, so they just yeah. Kinda... It just sounds like gibberish to most of the population. So yeah. Well, That's and a... like he also like that stuff. He like is word for word from like the stuff from like mm-hmm. the transcripts. Which well, I mean that's how you would do it. So yeah. It, it makes sense. It's just like the way that they filmed it and <laughs> yeah. how fast how the dialogue was. It is and, like, yeah. Well, it's like I... when the hacker just goes. <laughs> well, and I think, like, it's it's a good move on Aaron Sorkin's part to just kind of lift it and not try to make anything up, because he clearly doesn't really understand how... Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't imagine Aaron Sorkin knows how fucking computers work. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. I'm sure he has absolutely no fucking idea. No. Like, God. <laughs> Careful, he's he... gonna listen to this podcast one day and hack us all. He doesn't... Oh, please. Like, <laughs> I doubt he knows what a podcast is. <laughs> Yeah, he's, like, he's made so many, like, statements that are so dismissive of, like, internet and internet culture. I can't Ugh, imagine that wild. he spends any of his time online. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is the first thing that I've watched that has had him involved, I'm pretty sure. Oh, but I, I did I, listen to the Gilmore Guys podcast, and um, the, the one host really loves... Kevin Sorkin stuff. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin T. Porter loves Aaron Sorkin. He loves The West Wing. A show I have never watched. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen. I haven't watched all of the West Wing. I've seen. I think the first three seasons. It. I remember. I started watching that uh, towards the end of the Bush administration. Mm-hmm. I believe. 
And so it was very cathartic at that time. And now, like, trying to watch it again, I'm just like, oh, you sweet summer child. (laughs) This is so innocent. (laughs) It's so hopeful. (laughs) Makes you depressed. Um, So I think something we should talk about, too, is the relationship between Eduardo and Mark. Mm. I feel like that is easily the best part of the movie. Yes. Yes. It's Andrew the heart Garfield. of the movie. <laughs> it is the heart of the movie. God. Um, and also for being on the internet when we were on the internet. Um, yeah. What a what a ship to ship. Oh, yes. <laughs> also, Andrew Garfield and Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, what a ship con- to ship. <laughs> I remain convinced to this day Andrew Garfield had is massively in love with Jesse Eisenberg, of course. Uh, oh, absolutely. Bisexual um, Andrew Garfield. Uh, I, I swear to God, everybody. I was like, last year, I was like, it's gonna happen. Andrew Garfield's gonna come out as bisexual this year. It's gonna happen. I'm still convinced. I think it he will. He is constantly talking about how he isn't gay, but would try it, and... And also the whole thing with bisexual Spider-Man, and he was yeah. really gunning for that. He and was yeah. listen, so for no, it. Listen, no straight man would gun that hard <laughs> for their character to be queer. I, I'm just, I'm sorry, they wouldn't. They wouldn't think to do it. So, it wouldn't matter that much to them. Oh, so... Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> bisexual Andrew Garfield. Allegedly. <laughs> Quote, unquote. Yep. Quote. Um, yeah. Well, I... I we'll just let him do that in his own time, though. Uh, yes, of oh, course, yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. Sweet baby angel, of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> everyone must come out in their own time. It is fine. We will love and support you forever. Um, <laughs> I I just always think of the behind the scenes. There's like that behind the scenes um, slash commentary um where (laughs) where he's talking about the phone call which i consider the climax of the movie because it's the post like it's after eduardo has taken out all the money um and mark finds out and he calls and then brenda song is there being crazy because Mm -hmm. women can't be not crazy um i guess in this movie she just like goes completely insane it's like setting his bed on fire and shit Honestly, um, iconic. I it. truly, yeah, truly was. iconic. When she like, <laughs> she like sets the scarf on fire and like puts it in the trash can and then like, like tips it over. Yeah, the like rack like, focus. Oh, it's so good. Um, but like them talking on the phone and just like <laughs> Jesse Eisenberg, I guess standing on the other side of like the wall or on the phone. I can't remember exactly what he was doing. Um, but Andrew Garfield basically just saying, I, I got through it because Je- because Jesse was like, you know, after after we do all of this, we will, like, we'll get a house together and we'll live together and we'll be happy forever together. And, like, all of, I was just like, I, <laughs> I, think, I think I mentioned this in one of the, our other episodes, too. <laughs> like, I'm oh, sorry. Oh, you did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's adorable. Times. I just, like, okay, guys. You're hurting Just, me. Uh, don't put a zipline on that house. Please. <laughs> please do not. Um, <laughs> Lord. I think the thing with, like, uh, Brenda Song's character, like, winding up being like, oh, women be crazy. Yeah. I mean, there is definitely something to critique there, but I, I also get what they're going for because it's supposed to be, like, a parallel between what's going on with, like, Eduardo and Mark. So I do yeah. kind of get it from that perspective, but also it's like, did we really have to, though? <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. uh, it's just such a tired trope, and I don't like it, and 
But again, setting fire to his shit was so great. funny. <laughs> <laughs> True, truly iconic, yes. <laughs> and there was a lot of other, I'm circling back around because we're talking about her to the treatment of women. Like in my notes I have, why party why? Where there's like girls dancing on tables and taking oh, yep. off their clothes. Yeah. And then the part with Dakota Johnson where she's literally only there so that Justin Timberlake can look at her computer, but like they keep showing like the side of her leg framing his face and and her butt and then she like takes off all of her clothes to go shower and it's like side boob blurred like we didn't need all of that and also can somebody let dakota johnson keep her clothes on in a movie (laughs) (laughs) but also harbinger of things to come oh my god um i also i always whenever people like say bad things about dakota johnson though like she's very good in the scene in the single scene she's in yeah she is i'm like she's so good i mean like yeah she's mostly naked and like Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> a conversation but, to be had. But like, like I want to know her story. Yeah, yeah I want to know about her. She has such a personality in yeah. uh, that yeah. scene. Um, also, it's the only time in the entire movie that Justin Timberlake actually looks good. The rest of the time, he looks like trash. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like he looks so skeezy or like completely coked out of his mind the entire movie. Yeah. Well, it's the only time that he's not being skeezy. So that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought that was, like, back in 2010, like, before, like, Justin Timberlake was, like, really known as an actor, it was, like, so shocking. It's like, Justin Timberlake, he can act good? <laughs> right. Well, and he had I been in, like, believe. bad things Yeah, he'd been that. in bad movies, certainly. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought that was brilliant casting, though, because it really kind of, like, um, conveys the actual celebrity of Sean Parker in the context of the movie. Yeah. Yeah is casting a regular big-name celebrity. And also, like, the funness of having, like, him, like, having the actor be somebody who has been affected by Napster as a, like, corporation because he's a musician. Yeah, that's fun. (laughs) Um, I don't don't think it is saying anything, like, in particular, but I just think it's fun. Yeah, yeah, I agree. (laughs) Um, What was I going to say next? I forget. Um, oh yeah, I just want to bring this up because I just ugh, because it's the this movie is the reason. Okay, so you know how um, when he like they have him sign up the website and everything, it's through Network Solutions. Mm-hmm. I couldn't remember what domain thing I wanted to use for my website for JMNL, so I went to Network Solutions. Biggest fucking mistake. They charged me for, like, things I didn't ask for. They, like, it was just, it's and they're still doing it to this day, and I can't get them to stop doing it. So, PSA to everyone, don't fucking use network solutions. I can't wait till, like, my year with them is over and I can switch to something else. Because, oh my god, I cannot with this. (laughs) I I bet they still charge me, like, two bucks a month for a thing I didn't didn't want. (laughs) Yeah, you have to be careful with a lot of domain, um buying sites or whatever because ugh, a lot of them do some really shady things <laughs> um i also think like uh, back to mark and eduardo though i feel like a lot of the the chemistry between jesse eisenberg and andrew garfield is what really makes it as well and also like a lot of the little details i did i was watching this again and i finally noticed the scene where like like, uh, he finds the cease and desist letter, and, like, Eduardo, like, takes two beers out of the fridge, and one is for him, and one is for Mark, and then Mark just grabs his own beer, and it, it just, like, Aww. it really yeah. subtly sets up what their relationship is like, and I feel yeah. like little details like that 
really make this. Yeah, there's also um, this great, I, I did like a deep analysis of the one scene where he's like trying to get the um, uh, Eduardo's contacts for the Phoenix once the site goes live. And mm-hmm. like the framing of that scene is so like, there's never really a shot where <clears throat> where Eduardo is by himself. It's always Mark in the shot with him, like, is, like, a dirty, like, it's his shoulder, or, like, it's the side of his head. Um, but Mark is often, like, by himself because he's, like, in control of the scene. And, like, Eduardo is the one who ends up getting, like, pushed down. He, like, sits on the bed and he caves. And, like, there's a lot of, like, really good direction with their power dynamic as well. Yeah, definitely. And, like, it, it feeds into that whole thing with, like, Eduardo, like, con- like in the beginning of the film, just, like, constantly downplaying his own achievements to kind of, like, bolster Mark up. Like, mm-hmm. when he's like, oh, I got punched by face, but, I mean, it's probably his diversity thing, it's a diversity thing, what do you want to talk about? And, like, just stuff like that, and mm-hmm. his relationship with his father, and it's just, ugh, it's all so good. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> like, he's just trying to protect Mark, but at the same time, he gets walked all over and, like, doesn't need to be protecting him. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the other way around. He was the one who was yeah. in danger the whole time. Yeah. Um, also, speaking of the diversity thing, so obviously in the context of, like, what we were presented in the movie, like, the diversity thing would be, like, that he's Jewish. Oh, but yeah. also, and like... Brazilian. <laughs> also a whitewash casting choice. Yeah. Um, and I always, I- like... Uh, it skeeves me, but I'm also like, but I love him so much in this role, and it's just like, uh, also the guy who plays Debbie, I was Divian, about to say Divia, that. Yeah, yeah, Divia, yeah. yeah. Um, Didn't David Fincher say something really gross about that? He was like, probably, he probably did. Was, he was like, we we auditioned. I remember reading somewhere. I don't hold me to this. Maybe this is a fabricated quote. I'm not sure, but like him saying something about, oh, we auditioned Indian actors, and all of them were like being too subservient to Army Hammer no. and we needed someone oh, who was no, more of an David equal Pinter, no. and so that's no. why they... what? David Pinter, I know stop. I hope I hope he didn't say that but it kind of sounds it's, like something he would he say did. it that's, sounds too um, specific because like that actor is like he is a person of color he's just not yeah Indian. he's like he's like he's like a 16th Indian I looked up I looked up he... all the people He's, like, a very small percentage of, like, a couple of different ethnicities. Yeah, he's like, got... mostly white. He, yeah, he's <laughs> mostly, like, I think, like, Italian or something. Like Yeah. Um, something, like, like old, white with That's some old olive. school uh, casting choices right there. Yeah. It's like, we I need mean, someone ethnic, so let's get someone Italian. <laughs> at no, least right. they didn't brown face him, and at least they didn't oh. have him do an accent. True. So, this is true. Small favors. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, my God. But yeah, he, was, he was very also. good to his credit, but yeah. yeah, he's a great actor. Um, he's very good in Handmaid's Tale. Uh, um, yeah, he was. I didn't finish Handmaid's Tale. I couldn't get through it. It's a lot. Um, it's very depressing. It's very depressing. It's very a lot. Um, I love him in it, but yeah, yeah. I always am just like, mm, you shouldn't have been in the Social Network. But also, uh, uh, sorry, also, I just like you... punched my mic. It's okay. <laughs> Lita's angry. <laughs> You won't like her when she's angry. Um, <laughs> oh, hearing Peter Thiel mentioned. Oh. What a trip. <laughs> well, and he's, like, there. Like, he, they, like, because isn't, but they meet with him. Yeah. Um, and it's just, like, so weird to, like, see a depiction of him in any way. And I also, like, if I were to watch it now, I think the only thing I would really think of is, like, the, that weird, like, trans, like, like, young blood transfusion 
what think yeah there's something about like peter teal like he like he's like trying to get like young healthy people's blood and like transfuse it into his body because he thinks it will make so, him live longer like countess bathory yes yes he's a modern countess bathory like it's insane i'm just like you're so crazy peter teal i can't even deal with you I have no idea who he is. I have never heard his name before this movie. Oh, he's been in, he's been involved in the Trump campaign. Yeah, is, uh, is the short version of Peter uh, Thiel, and he's still on the board on Facebook as well. Uh, yeah, think. and um, like he's also like it's weird because I think he's also gay, but also like everything about him is like skeevy. Oh, I don't know. He's just like not a good. Team. He's confusing and skeevy, and I just like and I'm like, ah, we're not claiming you. You can go. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, you can leave. Like, you can go no. be a street. Yeah. He also no. like he co-founded PayPal too. I think with um, Elon Musk. Yeah, I think so. Oh man, all these um, guys know each other. Yeah, they they're, <laughs> they're like, how much money can I have? All of it? Great. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Let's just all have a little boys club and uh, not let anybody else have any fun or wealth. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That pretty Basically. much sums it up. It kind of sums up the movie, too. <laughs> yeah. I Okay, this might be the perfect time for my little rant. Oh, yes, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, it's at Harvard, mm-hmm. and the beginning of the movie when he's like, you don't have to study, you go to BU. Mm-hmm. First of all... As far as I know, Boston University is still a really good school. All of the schools in Boston are. Boston is, Mm -hmm. like, considered the smartest city in America. Second of all, just because you go to one school over another, if you are taking neuroscience, you're learning the exact same things regardless of what school you're going to. Like, you just are. You might not have as good of professors or as good of resources, but you're still learning the same shit. If you're taking calculus, you're learning calculus. They can't change calculus because you go to a public university, okay? (laughs) And going to a crazy prestigious school, there might be, like, a small group of people that actually get in there by their own merits, but almost everybody that gets into, like, crazy awesome Ivy League schools has had so much help, either from the way they were born, what schools they went to growing up, what schools their parents could afford to send them to, what activities they could afford to do in their spare time to be able to pad their resume, and what like resources they could buy, basically, to help them study for the SATs to get 1600s. Like, ugh! <laughs> it makes me... So- so mad it's just so stupid i hate school elitism yeah it's all arbitrary is really what it comes down to (laughs) like you might be a genius and you might have gotten to harvard all on your own which is fine and like that's amazing yeah but at the same time you have to acknowledge that so many people that end up at really good schools like that are massively privileged Yes. Like, and that's the only reason and that the, they can be there. And those people think they got there on their own merits, and they didn't have any help, and they pulled themselves up by their bootstraps. And it's like, yeah. Like, it, it's... Like, this is the whole thing with privilege. It's like, it's not a crime to have privilege, but you need to recognize the fact that you have it, at the very least. Yeah, yeah. because it's it's such small things that end up adding up, too, because, like, you might think, 
oh, well, I worked really hard at school and I got really good grades. And it's like, yes, but your parents could afford to send you to all the best schools, to have all the best teachers and live in a great neighborhood. And, you know, you didn't have to work instead of studying to be able to, like, you know, help your parents out with yeah. bills. <laughs> so, yeah. Well said. <laughs> <laughs> it's just something that really makes me mad, too, even about, like, there's a lot of, like, in-state rivalries. Like, I went to FSU, and they've got a whole rivalry with UF, and there's a bunch of people that are like, oh, well, if you went to FSU instead of UF, you must be stupid. You must have applied and not gotten in. And, like, every single person that I know that went to either school either went, like, applied to a certain one of them for a certain major... Or they applied to both of them, got into both, and just picked whichever one they ended up liking better. Like, every school does something better over another school. Like, it just, just no, does it make sense? It's all stupid. <laughs> and also, no one outside of Florida cares about exactly. the UF rivalry. Exactly. Absolutely nobody. <laughs> it's like, like, I would tell people all the time, I'm like, but you don't go to fucking Harvard. So, like... No one cares. Don't hold right. it over anyone. <laughs> like, you're not even going to an Ivy League school, so, like, shut Be quiet with it. Yeah. Just chill out, man. Yeah. It's not no, that yeah, serious. for sure. Yeah, we and, like, had, you um, don't know my story. <laughs> we had we had a state rivalry with our, like, Western versus, like, App State. And I'm like, why? <laughs> like, why? Also, like, we, like... Our football team sucked more, so, like, I don't know why everyone was ever gonna be, like, we had the, like, our our rivalry was, like, the battle for the jug, because we're mm -hmm. from North Carolina, so, like, we're real, like, Appalachian and Southern, but, um, <laughs> they always won it, because they were have they always had a better football team, so, like, I don't know why everybody was always so, like, I don't know, whatever about it, yeah. but, like, they would be like, but we have a larger climbing wall by, like, a foot, and I'm like, <laughs> this, ah, okay, guys, chill. That's, like, that's, like, the saddest thing I've ever heard. It's so stupid. <laughs> like, I'm like, guys. Like, well, our wall is higher, so, you know. <laughs> Literally, we did, like, a, when I went on my, like, tour of the campus, they were like, our, our indoor climbing wall is one foot higher than the App State one, so, oh I'm like, Wow. Wow. I mean, it's pretty cool it that you had an indoor so climbing wall. Yeah. I didn't have that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was very cool. <laughs> but I was just like, okay, guys. Be like, next time somebody from UF tells me, oh, well, you went to FSU, I'll be like, but did you have a climbing wall? Neither did I. So that means that North Carolina is better. <laughs> right. <laughs> you got more uh. ammo now. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there yeah. are probably New Jersey University rivalries, but I don't. I didn't go to any, so I don't care. I doubt I doubt any of us here care that much about it either. No. We in New Jersey, we just don't give a shit about any of this stuff. <laughs> We're more concerned about pork roll versus Taylor Ham, you know, that that debate rather than the schools, I think. Excuse me, what? Yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh yeah, you guys don't know about Taylor Ham versus pork rolls. Okay? No, what is that? <laughs> no. It it they're both the exact same thing. It's just the North it's a regional uh, difference, uh, and so people get into arguments about what is the correct name. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to ever eat anything named a pork roll. Yeah, I don't need that. I'm okay without that. <laughs> uh, so speaking of nothing, Speaking of pork Yeah, I was like, how are, how are you going to... Oh, yeah, we could talk about the chicken scene. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That chicken was cute. I liked yeah. it. Um, I... I, I really like the fact that, um, I, I love the, 
way that this film is written that it is like flashbacks inside of flashbacks and like you don't know that until a certain point um but that um the idea of um like the motif of this chicken for (laughs) for eduardo and that like what it means to mark um and what it means to eduardo and that um, the three times it gets brought up in, like, the quick succession that it does is, like, for Eduardo, it's, like, this, um, loss of control that, like, he can't control that the phoenix gave him this bird uh, to take care of. He can't control that he accidentally fed it chicken like an idiot and, um, got written about in the paper. He can't control that they bring it up in the deposition. Like, he has no control over it. Um, much like he had no control over anything that really happened at Facebook and that Mark did to him at Facebook. And then for Mark, it's, like, this, um, liability. Like, this, you did this dumb thing and now you're a liability to the company. Um, that just kind of, like, stays with them and kind of ends up, like, kind of, like, being the beginning of them breaking apart, um, in a way. Which is so sad, too, because of the people that seem like they would be liabilities. I, I mean, Obviously, the Sean Parker thing. being one, which Mark realizes by the end of yes. the film. Takes yeah, him so just, long, though. Yeah. It's such a bummer for poor Eduardo, because it's like when you're trying to point out to someone, some, like, hey, this is this is wrong, and they just have rose-colored glasses on. Oh, when he, like, shows up and he's soaking wet at the house... Oh, it's like such a rom-com moment it really is it really really is um and then it's just like everything goes downhill that part too i was just waiting that entire scene for those two glasses to get yes. poured on the laptop yes yeah oh i was God, so no. uneasy I, I, like every time he puts those on the laptop i'm like you fool what are you yeah. doing <laughs> it just kind of demonstrates his carelessness too yeah i think mm-hmm. yeah and I like the way that he acts. I know that they mentioned that he uh, had like likes drugs and partying and stuff like that. And then like the way that he acts around women and the way that they had the women in the movie act. I'm just curious in your experience, either one of you, have you ever met women that act like that in real life? No, because I have not. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> Like, I've been to quite a few parties, and sure, like, sometimes people will get really wasted, and they're, like, a little bit ridiculous, but never, like, they're never that alert when they're being that ridiculous, Yeah, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Well, and, like, I was just, like, I was just at a a friend's birthday party, and, like, people were doing, like, hard drugs, and I was like, what are you guys doing? What's happening? Um, It's always such a horrible moment when you're like, okay, cool, like, drinking, smoking weed, all of a sudden, some, like, Somebody's like, here's Coke. Coke. Literally, here's Coke, or, like, here's ecstasy. Things just take a hard turn. (laughs) And I'm like, what? But, like, nobody, like, yeah, like, nobody is, like, nobody did anything, like, totally crazy other than, like, the act of actually, like, doing the hard drugs. Um, yeah. and like the first time that you do cocaine, you're not going to go, let me take off my shirt so people can snort it off my body. Right. 
first of all, so much of it is going to get lost, and that's expensive. <laughs> so expensive. Second of all, <laughs> your skin is sticky. That is not a good surface to snort off of. No. And it's not a good first-time experience for doing hard drugs. And I mean, like, I don't actually know because I never have done coke because it would literally, I think I would have a heart attack. I think I would just die. Yeah. 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 I'd just be like, okay, I'm done. See you guys later. (laughs) Bye. And you're just like, peace out up to heaven. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, it just, that was another thing that really, ooh, irked me. Yeah. (laughs) It was also like kind of fun though in that scene where like, like um he he's built up a reputation in the movie at this point being like really like hard partier. But then it's like oh it's my inhaler, and then it's like oh he's just like a nerd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a dumb nerd. It's like the poor baby. Yeah, I <laughs> I also like uh I always think about uh just like slightly shifting, but sort of like the scene where Eduardo comes to like confront Mark, um and like he smashes the computer. Yes, and just Another like iconic scene, iconic, yeah. but also they did it so many times, and it just hurts me to think about how much money they spent on MacBooks to like yeah. destroy I mean, them. I mean, they might have just been fake prop MacBooks. I hope so. I hope so. I like hope hollowed so, out ones, but I feel like they weren't. Or maybe yeah. they were like ones that were already broken, so nothing they was weren't. Lost. Uh, <laughs> they may have been like like I don't know like not powered like power whatever but like but they like did if they it... hollowed the, out the inside maybe and it was just the case that would be different because that's not like what makes them expensive you know uh, i feel like it's not what they did though i feel like they that's just horrible snapped. yeah, yeah i was like curse you david stresses me out multiple takes yeah. yeah and it's just like i just remember seeing like i think it's on like the extras there's just like a compilation of like yeah, him yeah. just like mm-hmm. smashing it a bunch of times <laughs> and i'm like no I was gonna watch that again for this, but then I was like, eh. Oh, it's so good. I feel like if I were an actor, I would probably just flinch every time I had to do it, and they'd be like, what the fuck, you, you're you ruining the take because you're well, flinching you every time. You wouldn't be a good actor then, Lita, because you wouldn't be living in the moment. <laughs> I just feel like, but it's so much money, you guys. Um, but I also, okay, so within that scene, I also really like that moment of, like, where Sean tries to be smart with him and then he like pretends like he's gonna hit him and he just like flinches back. Oh mm-hmm. man, that face he makes oh, is so like good. so great. Um <laughs> he's so scared. Cause he just like like Eduardo has hit his point and he's just like, I'm fucking over it. <laughs> like yeah. I'm fucking done with this. Um and it's just like this pure anger and, like, power in that anger of, like, letting Mark go. Like, when he yeah. smashes the computer, he's like, I'm fucking done. We're done. It's over. And, like, he can do all the things that he needs to do. Um, God, he's such a good character. He definitely gets a lot of his power back in that scene from both of those interactions. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh. Uh- so let's touch on the Winklevosses. <laughs> yeah, we haven't even talked about Army Hammer's sexy ass in this movie. <laughs> I heard the voice and I was like, that sounds like Army Hammer. And then I was oh, yeah. like, that sounds like two Army Hammers. What the fuck? <laughs> mm-hmm. There's two of them. God bless. Um, and, and th- wasn't this like his first like major role? Yeah, it was like one of his yeah, first really. big things. Um. The invisible CGI in this movie is so good. I remember I saw this movie. I had no idea it was just one dude. You yeah. can't tell unless you already know it's it's the same guy. And it, there's a lot of invisible CGI in this movie. 
Yeah, there really is. Um, David Fincher is really good with that, with, like, having, like, a lot of his movies. um, I think the only movie that you can really tell is obviously uh, Benjamin Button, because... Well, yeah. yeah. (laughs) But, like, uh, for all of his other movies, they all have a lot of important but very invisible CGI. Um, Like... From just, like, background stuff to, like, in Gone Girl, the scene, like, the opening scene where he's, like, touching her head. Yeah. Um, she has CGI on her hair because the wig looked bad. Like, just <laughs> stuff like that. It just, like, See, keeps it real. That. Yeah. I was, like, I was, like, what? first of all, if you have the time, you should watch, you should listen to the commentary on Gone Girl because it's fucking <laughs> amazing. David Fincher is so funny. Um... One of the first, like, things he says is he's just, like, one of the first things we realize is that Touchstone needs a new fucking logo. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, oh my god. (laughs) So funny. Um, Yeah. I feel like invisible CGI is, like, what it should be used for. Mm -hmm. I agree. More. You know? Like, all of our sci-fi movies and stuff that are just CGI now, and it's gotten to the point of, like, diminishing returns almost, where... Or it would it be it would be easier and more cost effective to do practical effects versus CGI. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then just like maybe touch certain things up with the the computers. Yeah. And we talked about this in another episode too. Which one did we talk about this in? I don't remember. Was it was which it one? Back to the Future? No, it, might... it was before that. You were oh. talking about the um, you were on the set of some film. Oh where yeah yeah yeah. All right, I won't tell that story mirror. again. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't remember which episode it was, but I I'm, I still stand by it. I mean, when they brought back the Star Wars movies and started doing oh, so more bad. practical effects. Oh, no, yeah. Practical like, effects, wh- yes. From from the prequels to the sequels trilogy. Oh, yeah. Much now better. Now that they're doing more practical effects, it's it's so much better. Sorry, I was just, which... I was having, like, PTS flashback PTS to, like, <laughs> to, like, George Lucas putting in the bad CGI into the original trilogy when they re-released oh, them. Oh, it's so, so bad. Oh. I grew up, like, I saw it, Star Wars for the first time when they re-released it to theaters, so I saw, like, the m- mostly original version, mm-hmm. and we had the VHSs, and we still do, so when I bought all of it on DVD to have, like, a collection, I was like, what the f- fuck yeah happened like <laughs> it makes me upset yeah it's bad I, I, and the other night just a slight segue more so into the star wars category <laughs> i just think it's so funny how everyone shits so much on the prequels and the other night i saw someone say well technically the phantom menace is a better movie than the last jedi was boo aggressive Talk about wrong opinions. <laughs> it was just like, I'm sorry that you didn't like The Last Jedi, but, like, you're objectively wrong. I, <laughs> the Last Jedi is so good. Okay, bye. I, yeah. I love it a lot. Anyway. Yeah. We all love it. <sighs> we, we're all correct. Anyone listening to this, if you, <laughs> if you don't like The Last Jedi, stop fucking listening to our podcast. Oh <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not kidding. Um... <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, uh, so back to the Winkle bosses, though. Um, so, what are your guys' opinions on the lawsuit and who? Like, not necessarily. It's not. A, it's very much not a black and white thing, because no. in my opinion, he didn't steal their idea, but the fact that he prevented them from going forward with their website, like clearly intentionally, mm-hmm. it is definitely grounds for a lawsuit, in my opinion. 
I think that intellectual property is a very interesting gray area and like he didn't use their resources no he didn't use their specific actual idea because it was code or any of it yeah so really it was more of a catalyst of him being like okay so this is where i want to take my thing yeah he didn't sign anything with them well and he also like they hadn't paid him or anything no so like they could have at any point in time been like okay fuck this guy let's do something like find somebody else yeah. And um, they could have stolen his work if he had actually worked for them because they didn't sign an agreement and they weren't paying him. Yeah. yeah. So if he had been working on it, they could have taken it and claimed it as their own and then it would be the opposite of what actually happened. Yeah. And this is why but, you always make a contract. <laughs> yes. This is why you always make a contract to avoid this gray area. But intellectual property is important yeah. and... Uh, I I don't know if it really, like, I feel like they still could have done what they were doing. Yeah. They could have, but the problem was the whole, like, thing that made their thing so different from everything else already existed was the exclusivity thing. And, again, like you said, they could have just cut Mark loose at any point, and they chose not to, but he did deliberately lead them on so he could get there first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do it first. So Yeah, so that's yeah. the part that's more incriminating for him and that, like, I feel like takes it farther into yeah. that what he did was wrong area because yeah. of the, the correspondence between them saying, oh, yeah, um, I can't do it next week. Oh, I can't do it Saturday. I can't do it uh, the day after that either. So Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's very, very, very shady. And so it, it makes sense that they settled basically because <laughs> mm-hmm. if it hadn't if he hadn't done that stuff they wouldn't really have a case yeah, yeah if he really just ignored them fun. yeah if he just ignored them for three weeks and then they were like oh well, fuck it yeah. then that would be different but he he engaged. continued it yeah. yes he engaged he made sure that like you know they didn't continue with their website yeah yeah so yeah um also i just want to like slightly point out that even though it is beautiful and dramatic and sad um, the amount that Eduardo's shares got cut down or got diluted to is not that much. Like, he he got more, he had more shares than, like, it says in the movie. I can't remember what the number is, but it's not, like, he had more than a percentage point. Um, I just think it's interesting that they were, they, like, cut it down to, like, 0.003% or, like, whatever yeah. it was. It, yeah. it is a very, very, very powerful moment, Yes, though, it is, yeah. For sure. Um, and even the thing is though, even if that if if even if it had been cut down to point zero zero three percent, it's still a lot of fucking money. Yeah. It's still a lot. <laughs> that of would money. still be so much money. So yeah. I'd yeah. be like, well, you know, it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> I'm good. He, they settled. It didn't say the amount that they settled for, but on it's a um, lot. His, on his Wikipedia, it says how much he's worth or whatever, and he's like living in Singapore now, yeah. like avoiding taxes and stuff. So yeah, he's, he's, he's fine. He's okay. He's, he's all right. fine. He's yeah. yeah. He's living in Singapore, just doing whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and then you have um, the other two guys, um, Dustin and... Mm, nope, not going to remember his name, yeah. uh, which is but, sad because the other guy worked for Obama. Oh, yeah, I remember reading about oh, that man. somewhere. Um, he's gay and he worked for Obama, and I love him, but he's not in the movie that much. <laughs> um, the actor the who other played roommate? Dustin... Oh. 
from yeah, I Jurassic Park. I love him. He's so cute and little. Yeah, the, his his line reading of "Hey, Wardo," so great. <laughs> it kills me every single time. Love him. God bless. Um, I love that nickname for Eduardo. Wardo. Wardo. I do too. It sounds like Wado from Star Wars. Like <laughs> Chris Hughes was the other guy's name. Oh uh, yes, yes, okay. Um, yeah. Um. <sighs> I don't know. I don't. I don't know what else. I. <laughs> uh, bless. Oh um, shit! What, Joseph? I thought you meant like the recent Jurassic. No, Park. the old he one. Was Tim. Yeah, oh, he's a yeah, little boy. Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't know that he'd done anything that recent. Well, I guess it's not really recent anymore. But ah, wow. Yeah. Okay. And he was in Radio Flyer with um, Elijah Wood. And he was oh. in that one of those HBO war series. One of the many Yeah, he was done. in Band of Brothers, I think. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Yeah. The Pacific. Was it oh yeah, you're right. He was in yeah. the Pacific. I'm, I'm looking yeah, at yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I realized all that, the yeah. same. They're all well, the same. okay, they're all the same except that um so like Pacific and Band of Brothers are like basically the same in my brain. But then you have um Generation Kill is very, like, separate, but still technically, like, part of, like, the HBO War series. Uh. And, like, uh, I love Generation Kill. David Simon created it and show ran it. And, like, also a very interesting piece of adaptation. Anyway. Um, also weird. Alexander Skarsgård. Like, what are you doing? Okay. <laughs> I, I can never get into anything, like, war-related. I don't, like war movies or anything yeah i'm like very weird about it it it, i have to like really like the people who are like involved in it because i don't Mm -hmm. just like care about war stuff in general um but i i i think i had to i watched it for like an honors contract for um i was like watching i was in a class where we were studying the first season of the wire and I did it for, like, an honors contract, so I, like, wrote a paper okay. about it, because David Simon created The Wire, and then also show ran that. Okay. Because um, The Wire is about, like, how institutions fail the people they're supposed to protect, which is also kind of what Generation Kill is about. Um, well, that's a cool look at it, then, because I feel like a lot of war movies and shows are, like, a kind of more propaganda yeah horrifying <laughs> it and that sort of thing yeah for sure yeah, yeah. but it's it, it very much is like about how the u.s military kind of jumped too fast obviously into like iraq and afghanistan and like mm-hmm. wasn't there to really protect or to serve like the soldiers who they sent over to die for them oh yeah um yeah it's it's really good it's also very depressing but it's very good yeah. <laughs> Something yeah, so ridiculous heavy. about the military is that like these guys will be in the military and they have all of these uh, qualifications and certifications and stuff and then they're not honored on the outside. Yeah. So that's why a lot of them can't get jobs when they do quit the military, which I think is ridiculous. Like if you learn how to do something, you should just have like you just know how to do it. Yeah, it's not right. like your knowledge <laughs> is suddenly erased once you leave the army or the mil- yeah. or the marines or any of that stuff. And there should be some sort of program to get them ready to be civilians again, to be like, okay, so if this certification doesn't correspond to, you know, the quote unquote real world one, have some sort of, um, not segue, but transition. Yes. I don't know why I couldn't think of the word. (laughs) Um, welcome to our podcast where I forget normal words, (laughs) but just have some sort of transition process where, 
you can turn what you know into what the real quote unquote world wants you to to know yeah know. yeah it makes me mad makes me upset <laughs> it, it just sucks that like uh our country winds up paying like so much lip service like oh let's honor our troops blah blah mm -hmm. blah and then like once they're back it's like well you're homeless but oh, yeah well <laughs> it's like how much have you donated to the va barbara yeah yeah um i don't know how to bring that one back there's no segue from the military to this movie um <laughs> uh, i was gonna mention what just one of my random uh, can i just fire off a couple random notes really quick go for it mm -hmm. um the fact that the twins offer mark a sandwich and they literally hand him like a wrapped sub sandwich that looks delicious like where the fuck did you pull that from and also he uh, keeps trying to put it in his pocket oh, really so funny. funny oh also so like, what do i do with it one of my favorite so one of my favorite things in general is i love like um callback stuff um in media and so like one of my favorite moments is in that scene is him doing and it even says it in the script which i love like in parentheticals is him he has the line that echoes Erica's line from the very beginning in that scene where yeah. they're like, well, blah, 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 we'll do whatever for you. And he was like, oh, you would do that for me? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's a good moment. That's so good. It's so good. And it's like so, so subtle, his sarcasm that like, they don't. Like, they, they almost can't... don't pick up on it. Divian yeah. picks up on it. He's like, um, it's like, well, we'd like weird. to work with you. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, we're not sure if you're, like, just one of those weird kids or if you're actually fucking with us. Yeah. <laughs> um, I liked one of the twins. One of ARMY 1 or 2. <laughs> whichever one of them that had the, like, weird head wrap thing that's, that was like, Tyler. earmuffs. Yeah, that's because, oh, yeah. Yeah, For the yeah, CGI. they had for the cgi because like there was like a, a body double for mm -hmm. tyler that poor and, guy yeah i know <laughs> he was the dude that was outside the, the bathroom, bathroom yeah. after uh eduardo and mark oh. get their blowjobs oh okay um, wait i have something to say about the blowjob scene which uh, is <laughs> here's here's okay so it's also very gay in the book which is in the book that scene happens in the book because eduardo is like one of the people who we interviewed and like in the book because it's written like it's a novel, he, like, is leaning his head back against the, um, the, uh, the metal, and he can, like, hear Mark getting his dick sucked, and he's, like, thinking about it, and I'm like, you guys are so- I can't, okay. This is a slash fanfic. I just- I'm like, this is- well, oh, okay, okay, cool, 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 cool. That is extremely gay. It's so gay. I, they, they lean into it, like- kind of hard like it's very brief but they do lean into it in the movie too yeah, yeah. oh my god anyway yes continue <laughs> brenda's song is like i don't care and he's like good neither do i <laughs> i prefer it actually oh jeez. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, uh my last yeah my last one is the doodles that uh he has in oh the, yeah the deposition oh, yeah, or whatever yeah. it did like i think jesse eisenberg said it's something that his, or his sister does or something, or someone else he knows does, and so he decided to do it for the character because it seemed like something Zuckerberg would be doing in that scene, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I remember reading about that somewhere. I do that in meetings. It helps me concentrate. And, yeah. like, I have to explain that to people sometimes because, like, 
they'll look over and be like, the fuck? <laughs> yeah, because in that scene, it does kind of, like, telegraph as he's not really paying attention. And well, he's yeah. doodling because a lot of, but a lot of people, I also used to do that when I was a kid. I would doodle to kind of, like, stay focused. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and he, like, he's doing it very specifically to, like, fuck with them. Yeah. Um, as evidenced by the fact that he, like, lifts it up to, like, write like, something. Look at what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. It's more important than this. Yeah. <laughs> Just fucking doodles. Yeah, this is another one of those movies where I liked it, but I was really sad about how much of a jerk everybody was. Yeah, yeah everyone is a jerk in all movies. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like you wouldn't have a story if not, because in real life, most of the time, most people aren't jerks, and then yeah. you just really don't, like, nothing happens yeah, because it, of that. Yeah, and if, if it's a movie about everyone getting along, it's not, <laughs> it's not very interesting. <laughs> I mean, it could be. That would be... That would be an interesting kind of genre to... Yeah, it'd be a challenge. Like, how do I make this a story if everyone's yeah. just, like, buddies and there's no, like, <laughs> no bad people in it and no one does anything wrong? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would say I guess that's some Disney movies, but not really. Yeah, there are villains in Disney movies. So. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so... uh, Ghibli movies. No, that's one. There's not really that many villains in Miyazaki movies. Yeah, we need to do one of those for a Switcheroo episode. Oh, hell yeah. I love me some Howl's Moving Castle. Howl's Moving Castle is my favorite. I love it so much. Me too. Howl's Moving Castle, then Spirited Away, and then Kiki, probably. I I have seen Kiki's delivery service. That's the only one I've seen, actually. Yeah. I feel, I think it's insane still that Kirsten Dunst is her voice. I know. In the dub. <laughs> so weird. Or that, like, Christian Bale is doing Hal's voice. Oh my god, I know. So weird. <laughs> There's a lot of, of, like, random people. Shia LaBeouf did a voice in um, Nausicaa. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is a lot, yeah. The there English was dubs. a, <laughs> Yeah. They are so cheap now. I'm so mad. I was at Best Buy the other day and they were all on sale for, like, 10 bucks or something and i i bought the like special disney editions that were the only ones you could buy for a while for like 28 bucks a piece oof. or something and i'm just like Ugh. <laughs> oof, oof. now no one values dvd collections anymore oh uh, see okay i don't understand that though because i know everyone's like but it's on streaming and i'm like but it's not always going to be on streaming, as no, evidenced by the it, fact that, like, we have every single month, we have articles that come out that's like, here's what's leaving and coming on to XYZ. And yeah. also because there's going to, like, it looks like streaming services are going to be turning into, like, the new cable. And you have to buy a Disney streaming service yeah. and Ugh, Netflix yeah. and then Hulu. It's and exhausting. It just, also, what happens if the what if what happens if like your internet doesn't work? What are you gonna exactly. do? Exactly, <laughs> I was just having to deal with that because I was moving and like not having internet and everything, and I was like, well, I don't know where all of my DVDs are because we haven't unpacked yet, but we don't have the internet set up yet, so I can't stream anything. I can't watch anything. A while back, I deleted all the stuff that was on my laptop that I used to have on there, so I was just like, okay, well, I guess I'll just fucking. Just sit here in silence. (laughs) Guess I'll just draw on the walls like a caveman. (laughs) I think the best deal, like, the best way to do media is when they sell, like, the Blu-ray. With digital. With digital. Yeah, that's my favorite. And you can own it. And, like, you can always have it and download it. Mm -hmm, And maybe you still have the tangible copy. I like tangible things. I do, too. Same. 
I can never get into like ebooks or any of that stuff. One because I spend so much time looking at a screen as it is. Yeah. I don't need to look at another one when I'm reading books. And yeah. also, I just uh, like what am I gonna do? Buy all my books again oh, <laughs> and put right. them on the ebook reader? Yeah. No. <laughs> but there's definitely pros and cons. Like I have a Kindle. And I use it very occasionally. I use it when I'm traveling. Traveling is yeah. good. It's good for traveling, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I use it when my hands hurt because it's very light and I can, like, just press the one button on the side. I can hold it in one hand. And I have the paper white one, the, like, really old school one. So it's not actually a screen that you're looking at, like, your phone, you know? So it's not as bad as, like, a Nook or whatever or an iPad. Yeah. But I still like a physical book better. Yeah. Definitely. I like I like I like the new book like smell if that doesn't sound mm-hmm. creepy but um, it's like that glue like from the binding yeah yeah it's great well also I like it's like there aren't really like used ebooks either so like no mm-hmm. you can't have that yeah there's no such thing <laughs> like so how it's was always fourteen ninety nine unless there's a sale yeah you know yeah well and it's insane too because like the industry hasn't quite figured out like how much should an ebook cost or like. Mm-hmm. You're just like, okay, cool. Because the authors really do get screwed if you lower the price, but at the same time, you're like, well, I'm, why would I pay as much to just have it on digital when I could buy it at the store, you know? Um, Something that's really cool, I love the library, Um, something that's really cool, like, now is that they will let you borrow ebooks from the library, too. Oh, that's cool. That's interesting. And you can borrow, like, fucking, like, 250 things at once or something it's ridiculous <laughs> we live in the future yeah I, I do get like the convenience of ebooks though for sure there have been times like i've been reading like really long really really long books and having to like lug them around has been a pain mm-hmm. so i do i i don't begrudge people their ebooks it's just not for <laughs> me you know what i mean <laughs> yeah i think that's fine i i don't like when people are so extremist about like any opinions like people that are like only books are better or people that are like no books are stupid ebooks are the way it's like you're both wrong yeah (laughs) can't we all just get along yeah (laughs) i say this as someone who just screamed like 20 minutes ago if you didn't like the last (laughs) (laughs) but that's different (laughs) that's very different (laughs) even then i can see like certain people's complaints about it but a lot of the complaints that i've seen aren't valid yeah. So, but I I do understand like where some people are coming from. Oh yeah, like, I, I'm not okay. saying there's no valid criticism to be made. Certainly, it's just a lot of the quote unquote criticisms people have are like you said, stupid, and mm-hmm. you could apply them to the Empire Strikes Back. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people are forgetting that it's the middle of the trilogy, and like I feel like a lot of people don't think of the trilogy as as complete stories. A, a, a story as a whole, yeah, because, like, the first one is the first act that has three acts within it. Yeah. The second one is the second act, so that's when, like, everything's, like, shit's going down. We have to wrap all of it up in the sixth one, or, you know, the ninth one, whatever. Also, I'm sorry, but did anyone actually fucking care about Snoke's backstory? Because no. it would literally no, have just been no. the same as Palpatine. Yeah, Who exactly. gives a shit? <laughs> like- the only thing that I would have loved is if he'd actually been, like, very tiny. <laughs> yeah that is the only that is the only bummer yeah like he comes out he's just like a tiny tiny little he's man like, and it's like tiny. Um... he's yoda sized yeah he's actually just yoda no i was thinking oh, someone who's no. so small he fits in like the palm of your hand yeah that's, that's what, what i was that's thinking. what i was thinking too <laughs> teeny tiny it's like the 
powerful, the indestructible Snoke. <laughs> like, when he was, like, poisoning Ben's mind or whatever, it was actually just him as, like, a little person crawling inside, inside yeah. whispering things. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> that would have been amazing. We need to remake it now. Yeah. Those three. Let's do it. <laughs> Be like, Brian Johnson, you were wrong. We have We have some edits for you, sir. We can fix it. <laughs> fix it in post. Gosh. He wouldn't hear us over all the other people telling us him that, so. That's true. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh. I think I got all my notes out. Yeah. I don't, is there any, like, other closing remarks? The party scenes where, like, they treat women horribly still look really fun. I liked those <laughs> scenes. They made me want to, like, actually do something other than sit in my house today, so. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Except I still didn't, so. Yeah. <laughs> I think we can do final thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, so, The Social Network. I've, I've seen this movie so many times, you would think it's, like, one of my very favorites. It's actually not. But um, I, do, I do enjoy it immensely. I, I mean, despite all the problems that Sorkin has, that uh, David Fincher has, I still really always enjoy um, pretty much everything they do. Um, it's always a fun ride. It's always, like, technically well done, and there's a lot of things to admire. And this movie is absolutely 100% worth watching. Even just... Even, like, divorcing it from Facebook, the real thing, just the story itself is fantastic. Yeah. Um, I really love Fincher. He did Fight Club as well, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, he did. Well, that movie is, like, so much better than the book. Yeah. So he definitely knows how to bring stories to life and, like, expand upon them and make them much better than they actually are. <laughs> Um, I mean, not saying that this one's not a good story on its own, but, uh, he adds a lot to them. I love the colors. I love the energy. I hate that everybody's a jerk. <laughs> um, it is a really good story, though, that I think people should watch so that they can understand the inner workings of, uh, like, the social media age a, a little bit more. Yeah everybody's out for a profit and to screw each other over and maybe some of that bleeds over into like your actual interactions with the network itself um yeah I, and i would say it's it's worth watching um it's it's one of my favorite movies yeah. um <laughs> total i i would say it's in my top five I work at a movie theater, and we have to put our favorite movies on our name badges, and it's the one that I have on mine. Um, I just, like, I think it's so well-crafted, and on, on both levels. I think the script is very good. I think the direction... And to, like, watch... Um, if you watch any of the behind-the-scenes, to, like, watch Fincher kind of rein in Sorkin is really interesting. <laughs> He's, like, such a master um, of, like kind of doing the inception thing of like kind of being like oh no but like this is this thing that you said earlier was like much better let's do that like that's um mm -hmm. uh and I you know I think he's a master um he it also is like worth watching I think yes for um the kind of like introspection of uh social media and also as like this creation myth for uh, Mark Zuckerberg, because even if this isn't who Mark Zuckerberg is as a person, it's who we as 
people in the world who are consuming media view him now because of how successful this movie was. Um, and he basically is, like, one of the main people who, like, helped create our modern internet uh, and our modern world, as evidenced by the election as well. Um, that Facebook is so important. And so to be able to, like, kind of understand it to whatever degree this movie allows us to, um, I think is important. Well said. Uh, so yeah, that was the Why Haven't You Watched That podcast with Lita and Jackie, and Emily has her own podcast. I do. Uh, tel- yeah, it's a television podcast called Someday We'll Be Syndicated. Uh, I haven't listened to too many of your episodes because I don't watch most of the shows you talk about, okay. but the ones I have listened to are very, very good. <laughs> so everyone, if you like this podcast, you should definitely check out hers as well. It's also on iTunes, right? Yes, it is indeed. I think it's on awesome. Stitcher and stuff too. So. Oh, nice. Sweet. Should we start doing plugs, like Twitter plugs or something, or do we, like, not want people to find us? <laughs> In case they're mad. Never find us. Uh, yeah, we, we could absolutely do. Well, yeah, we'll plug our Twitter. We talk about the podcast on Twitter, so we might as well. Yeah. All right, so I am Obtarth on Twitter. And I'm at Snailer Scout, like Sailor Scout, but snails. That's very cool. <laughs> I like that. Um, I'll plug mine, too. I'm at Emily Mazer. It's just my name. Uh, my last name is M-A-E-S-A-R. So, cool. Sweet. It was very appropriate. The first episode, we plug our social media accounts <laughs> to yeah. be the social network. I planned very it fitting. that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we still don't have a proper outro, so. <laughs> Excellent. So. I think we just say bye. Thank yeah. you for coming. <laughs> See ya. Bye. Bye. bye.